people, most Christians, do not understand how to work in the Spirit and how to know that what they have done has been accomplished in the Spirit. Most people think that when they get saved, the entire process just like dominoes falls into place. But the, the process of salvation itself, having six different phases, has to have something that lets you know that you've been there. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word. We'll only read one verse today. Colossians 3.15. In this verse, you're going to find out something that is going to transform your ability to function in the spirit world. Listen to it. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye, have, ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of God says to us. And then, allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, speak to us now, out of the very throne room of God, minister to us. Show us through the Holy Spirit what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We will receive it, and we will release it to your people, and your people will then be corrected, led, guided into truth that will change the course of their spiritual lives. I thank you for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. You may be seated. So as you know, I, I use Ephesians 4, 7 and teach and preach on the portions of the measure of Jesus Christ. And that's easy to see once you look into the scripture. But Paul makes a statement in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, that we also, in coordination with this, must understand. Paul says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now watch this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's an interesting comment, isn't it? Then he says, For it is God which worketh in you. For it is God which worketh in you. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God which, look at that word, worketh. Worketh. That word indicates that there are things that are transpiring in your spirit life that you need to be aware of in order for you to be able to not only operate both in his will and his good pleasure, but... To operate, uh, okay, bless God, uh, and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So these things are all coming into coordination with the understanding of how to work out your salvation 
under the good pleasure and will of God. Very important that you understand that. Now, when we see this, this verse in Colossians 3.15, and we see the word that said, let the peace of God rule you, we have to ask the question, what would be the thing that would cause the peace of God to rule us? Therein is the answer to how to function in the process of God. So we have to determine what causes us to come to Christ to begin with. Well, we change our belief system. We go from an uh, unrighteous belief system to a righteous belief system. And we begin to see uh, here the Holy Ghost convict and convince us of what Jesus Christ has done for us. But if we understand that the, that the work of grace has not but one thing to do, and that is to operate in favor, then we fail to understand why the angels, according to Hebrews 1 and 14, have been released and sent into the world to begin with. Those angels, according to Hebrews chapter 1 and 14, have been sent into the world to minister for those who are the heir of salvation. Those who are the ones that have been brought under the understanding through a redesigned belief system. Now, this is how belief works. Beliefs change. When beliefs change, all of a sudden, talking in the spiritual world, you begin to look at the spiritual world differently because you see that Jesus Christ has done something for you and that you, in light of what he has done, are left wanting. You are left outside of that. You are left in a position that what Jesus has done, you have not yet had the opportunity to obtain or attain to. So your belief system has to change. You have to go from an unrighteous sinner who absolutely does not have any idea to believe in God. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in you. Now this is critical. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in you. Now, many people are going to tell you that's the only work the Holy Spirit's ever going to do in you. That's not true. Because Jesus did more works, had more actions, than just the work He did at the cross. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit begin to do a work in you. It's going to change your belief system. What are you going to go to? You're going to go from a condition of condemnation where you are condemned by your sin, into a position where you no longer are operating under the condemnation of death. You are now operating under a new law. You're operating under the life, the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Now this condemnation situation is going to take your old nature and it's going to entangle your old nature with all of your lusts, all of your flesh, all of your eyes, all of your wants, and all of your desires. Those desires, wants, lusts, and ideas are all wrapped up in a law. That law always has the same outcome. Death. It's a law of death. But when the Holy Ghost begins to do a work and you begin the process of working out your own salvation,
with fear and trembling. What's that mean, Pastor? You come to the idea and understanding that without Jesus Christ, you are eternally damned. And so salvation begins with the idea that you are going to come under the knowledge of eternal separation from God, of eternal damnation, of a life where God, Jesus Christ is going to sentence you to a separated place, cast you over a fence, and from there you have no ever opportunity to come back to any knowledge of God of whose image you were once created. So there is a depth inside of you that when you hear the word of God, this blessed plan of salvation that began on the cross, inside of you, your supernatural side takes a change. And you say, oh my, I stand in position to go to hell. Are you kidding me? Now you say, I have to change my old spirit of condemnation, my old spirit of death, and I have to move over now. Something is, something is working me from the spirit of death into the spirit of life. What is it? It's the Holy Ghost. He's working you into a new spirit of life, out of the condemnation of sin and into the spirit of life. Now what happens? Your belief system changes. What happens next? Does grace come up on the scene? Well, the reality is grace has been revealed, but your belief system changes. Grace is revealed, and your faith has to now attach to what grace has offered. Who offered it? The Holy Ghost. Why did he offer it? Because your, your belief system realized you were on your way to hell. Your belief system realized you were separated from God. Your belief system said, oh my, I don't want to be eternally. Are you telling me that this life is not all there is? And the answer is, you come into that in the spirit world, the Holy Ghost working by the plan and the will of God to do His good pleasure in you, changes your mind, your belief system changes when it does. Grace is exposed, and then you apply the operator of grace, which is faith. Faith now comes on the scene, and what happens? You come into the plan of salvation. Now, how do you know that you have gotten there? That's the whole purpose of this message. How do you know where you are in Christ Jesus? How do you know whether you are working out your plan of salvation with fear and trembling or not? How do you know it? How can you put your finger on a locator and say, that's where I am? How do you know what has happened? Many people are telling many people they're saved. Everybody that raises their hand in some foregone church today and says, I believe in Jesus Christ, they're saying, oh, you're saved. How do you know it? What is the absolute locator? You know what I like about a GPS system? It will, as soon as you plug in where you want to go, it will show you the two points. It'll show you where you are and where you're going. You'll know it right now. Well, God has not devised a plan for His will or His good pleasure to hide from you what it is He's doing in your life. 
God has not devised or designed that for you to run around like you're in the dark, blind, and think I'm saved, think I'm saved. God has designed a way that you can know that you know that you know exactly where you are in His good pleasure and in His great will. God has given that to you. Now we, having never been under to understand this, don't understand that when Paul speaks in Colossians 3.15 and says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Listen to this. When you come to know Jesus Christ in the free pardon of your sin, the, the mechanism that will locate you is peace. Think about when you got saved. What happened? All of a sudden you felt like a weight of sin. If you came to the knowledge of Christ by a changed belief system and by an act of grace that was operated by your faith, the weight of sin was relieved from your life. The cleanliness that comes from being absolutely washed by the water of the Word and the work of the Holy Spirit became apparent in your life. You knew that there was something that changed and there was a peace about you. I've watched drunks get up from an altar, walk around hugging everybody they could, people they never liked before, people they talked trash about before, telling them, I, I don't understand it, but I love you. I, I don't get what happened. I just know something has changed me and I love you now. Walk up to their wives who they've mistreated and beaten, hug them around the neck and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And then the wife looking around like, could this be the man I was married to? Because why? There was a peace, a weight of sin that had gone off of them. And now we could look at them and say, yes, 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 yes. The Holy Ghost has done a work. And that work is in commensurate with the action of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, they're healed. They're healed in their spirit, man. Why? They're walking in peace. They're walking in complete uh, uh, peace with God. Now, peace with God will bring what? Peace with man. The next thing you know, you'll be able to get along with those you couldn't get along with before. Why? Because you're living in peace. How did it happen? The Holy Ghost brought it to you. I got saved. I'm no longer the mean, oppositional, hard to get along with, hard-headed man or woman I used to be. I don't think anymore. I know it all. I'm willing to say, bless God, like I told my wife. From now on, I, you do all the talking. I'll do all the listening. Huh? Because I'm at peace with that. Now that's what we see. How do I locate somebody? How do I look into the lives? I'm not judging people. I'm not your judge. But I have the opportunity to see if you have what you are exposing to the world. And as you expose yourself, where you are in the continuum of salvation is going to very readily make itself known. This is a thing, this is a fact. We're going to see peace. We're going to see a change. Someone said, well, it doesn't happen like that for everybody. No, no, you absolutely right. It doesn't happen like that for everybody because everybody don't get saved. 
Doesn't happen like that for everybody. Why? Because they are not retaining what it is. They, in other words, they are not possessing what it is they are saying that they are confessing. When I possess, I act differently. I walk differently. I think differently. I do not act as a contentious, hard-headed individual any longer. I am willing to become a follower instead of that out front, see me, look at me, I got my chest out, and you better see me because you don't. I'm going to let you know. There's a change. There's a change. Now the question is, has that change happened in you? Has that change happened in you? Have you come to the place where the peace of God is ruling your heart? Have you come to the, well, if you have, then you have come into the plan of salvation. You are now walking in healing. Now notice this, because I have to say it one more time. Healing in salvation is going to expose itself in the man operating in who God is. Well, who is God? Well, it's clear. The Bible says God is love. When I lay down my old man and I begin to walk by the will and the good pleasure of God, I begin to walk in what? Love. Because that's who he is. So if I'm not willing to walk in love, and I'm not willing to share love, and I'm not willing to be loved, then I probably have not been to the cross and receive the work that would release me from condemnation because I'm still living in the spirit of the law of sin and death. How do we know what the law of sin and death is, Pastor? Well, that is the law of me, mine, mine. That's the law of the green-eyed monster, jealousy. This law of sin and death is the law that says it's all about me. It's all about me, 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 me. I want what I want, whether you get what you want or not, I'm going to get what I want because I am I and me is me. And if you get along with me, you better understand who is I and who is me. That's just the way it works. If we're going to live in that position, we have never come to the cross. If we're going to go to the cross, get up from the praying or get up from raising our hands and go back to where we were when we came in, we ain't been to the cross. We haven't found the peace of God. We haven't been able to walk in the love of God. We've not laid aside the weight of sin that does so easily beset us. As a matter of fact, we have maintained that position. We have walked in that position. And now by even pronouncing salvation, we become an affront to the cross. And we crucify him every day that we live under that lie. Oh, what a sad position we're in. How did we get here? Because we've been told that we could confess it without possessing it. Oh, what a sad state to be. We've been told that grace will cover it all. Jude's going to get to that shortly. How do I possess and confess? And how do I locate where I am? We would do well as a church, as an individual, to take stock of where we are in Christ Jesus. We would do well as a church to be able 
to identify where we come into condemnation. Ah, oh, but Pastor Paul said, there is therefore there, there is therefore thou, no, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in, did you see that? In Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the, uh-uh, wait a minute now, flesh, what? You mean to tell me if I locate myself in flesh? that it is highly probable and possible that Paul is saying, I ain't never been in Christ? Oh, if I locate myself doing works of the flesh, I've never really been in Christ? Well, I'm going to tell you, tell you about that so that you'll understand. Many people get saved, and they go out and they begin this walk of love, but they do not understand that salvation does not stop. The work of salvation does not stop at the cross. Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now wait. Do you see what I've said here? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Where is the Spirit going? That's a big question. For me to locate where I am, i got to know where He's going. For me to understand where I am, i got to understand where i got to go when he goes. If I don't go when he goes, then I've stopped. Well, where did he go? That's a big question, ain't it? For me to get somewhere in Christ Jesus, i got to go where he goes. i got to stop where he stops. i got to work where he works. i got to let him replicate in me what it is that is replicated wherever he is. And when he moves, i got to move with him. You follow that? Now watch now. So here we are. And we don't understand that the flesh has a way of popping up. It has a way of popping up in many places along the way. So we get saved. We begin to walk in love. And we begin to walk in the healing of our spirit man. But we stop there. What's going to happen? We're going to go right back to the flesh. We're going to go right back to not any longer being in Christ and following the Spirit, but back to the flesh. Why? Because the Spirit's work did not stop at the cross. His work did not, salvation did not stop at the cross. How do I know that? Because Jesus did not stay there. If he had stayed there and they hung him on the tree and they let him hang on the tree and they let him remain on the tree and that was the last place anybody ever saw him and they never took him down and let him off to the tomb, then the Holy Ghost would only be at the cross. But it ain't so. Huh? It ain't so. Why do we know it? Because he went to the tomb. What did he go to the tomb to do? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. To those who are looking for peace, the peace of God in there to rule their hearts, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in, in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And we get saved and follow him right into the tomb. If we don't follow him into the tomb, where are we going? Back to our flesh. And what are we going to do? We're going to cycle that back. Sin, flesh, sin, and frustration. You're going to become very frustrated with your life in Christ. 
You're going to become frustrated with a preacher like me who is constantly telling you the road, the mechanism, the way, the pattern for you to accomplish the process of walking in the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. You're going to get frustrated with me because you're going to say, Pastor, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I Well, then read. Read. Listen to the Holy Ghost. There is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. And that's great. Except this, the word of God says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in, in him, in him. Well, where is he? How can we be in him? Because he ain't at the cross no more. We have to be in the spirit to go where the spirit is going. We have to walk in the Spirit with Jesus who is executing the actions to release and reveal the salvation of God. And we do it tiptoeing lightly with fear and trembling because we know that the step that Jesus went through, we were crucified with Him. And when we get in the tomb, we are tiptoeing lightly with fear and trembling into this new plan of salvation. Why? Because in this new plan of salvation, we're about to die to the things we want. We're about to die to our desires, our flesh, our wants, what Paul called the 17 works of the flesh. We're about to die to all of that. We're about to die to what we see. We're about to die to our own lusts. We're about to die to our own flesh. And we're going to work out this great plan of God so that we cannot be any longer in the flesh, but live in the Spirit. we got to go where He went. If we don't, we will never have peace. Now, how did the Word of God declare that peace was going to come out of what He did in the tomb? Where we know very... Now, let me say before I say that, I'll come back to that. This thing of being in the Spirit is not abnormal. It is not anything that the Word of God did not teach. Now, I want you to watch this now. If you're a cessationist here, I want you to hear this. The life in the Spirit was produced by Jesus Christ. It was not produced by anything but Jesus Christ. He lived and acted in the Spirit. Every place he went, he worked in the Spirit. Why? No condemnation. He had none. They gathered around him one time and were trying to back him up until he got to the edge. They were going to toss him over the edge and kill him. You remember that? And all of a sudden, the Bible said, out of nowhere, he went into the Spirit and away he went. And they looked around and said, where is he? Gone. Do you remember whenever he came down out of the place where he had met the devil? And there he was... Uh, left by the Spirit of God to face Satan himself. And then the Bible said when he got done, the Spirit took him to Galilee. Luke chapter 4. He walked in the Spirit. He knew the Spirit. He knew how to, to bring himself into submission and to surrender to the Spirit of God. He knew what it was to walk under the direction of the Spirit. Not in his flesh. Not in what he wanted. 
Why would a king say the birds of the air have nests and, and the, 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 the uh, others have uh, holes to live in, but I don't have a place to lay my head. But yet, he was the most powerful. He was the most present. He was the most prevailing man of his day. For three and a half years, everywhere he went, everybody knew about him. Some of them loved him and some of them hated him. They hated him so much that they sent him to the cross thinking they would win if they could just get rid of him. He was a man who walked and lived in the Spirit. Then the book of Acts came along. And in the book of Acts, we see this same spiritual undertaking, overriding. We see people living and walking and working in the Spirit of God. We see that Peter and John were in the Spirit of God, listening to the Spirit of God. We see that Philip was not only ministering in the Spirit, but moved from one place to another and then to another after he got done ministry. We see that Stephen went into the Spirit to such an extent that before he died, he looked up into heaven and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Think about it. now we'd come to old brother Paul. We say that all of this died with the apostles. Paul was not one of the original apostles. Paul was one that God made an apostle. And so we see Paul go into the Spirit on the day when the Holy Ghost knocked him down in the dirt. Paul got up and he couldn't see, but he went into the Spirit. And then the man came and laid hands on him. And the Bible said Paul, who was not of the original apostleship, was brought into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Huh? This thing of being in the Spirit is not indigenous just to a group of people. The Bible said in John chapter 17 that all that would believe of God because of their word were blessed by Jesus Christ. There was peace that was coming into our world. Now we want to know why and how. Whenever we come to the cross, how do we know we're operating in a peace of God that rules us? Well, we live in love. We begin to drop off the weight of sin. We begin to stop looking like we used to, acting, going like we Then we go to the tomb. How do we know that there has been a peace of God? How do I locate whether my flesh has died? That's simple. Paul told you in Galatians chapter 5 that the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, would come into you and you would begin to operate in love, peace, joy, goodness, gentleness, temperance, meekness, and faith. Think about this, my friend. Every step of the way where peace needs to rule and you need to follow the Holy Spirit into a work of salvation, God has made a way for you to locate yourself. God's made a way for you to say, I'm there. I'm there because I'm walking not only in love with those as I would in the love of God, but I'm walking in love and peace and joy and kindness and temperance. And oh, I got control of myself. Huh? You see that? I got, I now have control. I'm temperate in all of my doings. I understand what it is to be in control of my flesh and not my flesh being in control of me. That is a brand new position, my friend. How did you get there? You followed the Holy Ghost. Where did he go? He went to the tomb. Who was there when you got there? Jesus. What was he doing? He was preserving the spirit man while the flesh was being buried. Oh, what a message. 
How do you know it? The peace of God rules you. The Holy Ghost becomes your umpire. What does he do? Now, what? listen to this. The Holy Ghost becomes your umpire. What's he do? He tells you the new rules of the game. At every step in salvation, there is a new rule. Watch it. At the tree, what do we get? A new rule. What rule is that? The loss of weight of sin and the love of God. It's a new rule for us to live in. And so the umpire is saying, if you're not living in the love of God, if you're not seeking forgiveness from those that you've hurt along the way, if you're not loving those that you once did not love, if you're not becoming a part of your world in a very clear and concise way, if you're not becoming a greater and better employee, if you're not operating in a better operation of the use of your finances for the things they should be used for, if you're not doing that, then you have not walked into this plan of salvation. But if you get there, there will be a pronunciation of a work of the Holy Spirit that's going to bring peace. And the, the rules then, you're going to see them clear. This is what I should be doing. This is how I should be acting. This is what I should be saying. Why? Because the peace of God's ruling in your heart. That's what happens. Now we go on over to the tomb. Something completely different happens. The umpire says to you, now that old flesh man got to go. He can't live in this spirit walk. He can't be in this spirit walk. He can't operate because he will flash up and come against me. That's what the Holy Ghost is telling you. Your flesh man will come in direct opposition to me. Well, now, Pastor, I just got saved. Well, I want to remind you there was a woman named Eve who happened to have walked and talked in the presence where God was. And her flesh got in the best of her. And she began to look at something in the natural world that she assumed was better than anything in the spiritual world. And she listened to a lie. And the next thing you know, every one of you in this room has paid this price. Your flesh will rise up. Now, what's happening here? In the tomb, the Holy Ghost is being your umpire. And he's saying to you the rules of this piece of salvation, the rules of this portion of salvation are that your flesh man no longer rules you. That's the rules of the game. So you begin to get into a position where you're about to step over into flesh. Your eyes can't stay in their head. You have a lust for money that you can't understand. How come? You have a desire for something that, that absolutely is driving you, driving you. And every day you get up and you've got that lust. And here's what the umpire is saying. No, no, no. That is out of bounds. That's not in the rules of the game at this position of salvation. If you're, not, if you're going to stay in that, you go back to the cross. Because at the cross, I, I'll forgive you of all of that. But if you're going to live in the rules of part two of salvation, where you become in the Spirit, you're going to have to play by the rules that I lay out. And they say, no flesh. Flesh is an enemy of God. Read what Paul said. He said that your carnal man is enmity. It's death. 
You cannot live there. You must not go there. And if your flesh is your driving factor, get on back to the cross. You ain't made the death of the flesh yet. You have not come in to the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus yet. You've only come into the spirit of forgiveness and healing that is going to happen for you at the cross. You must understand that if you're going to come into the spirit, you're going to have to play by the rules of the Holy Ghost. Oh, now, Pastor, that ain't easy. It ain't easy to say I don't want that car. It ain't easy to say I don't have, here's a big thing gets on my nerves, goals. Ain't easy to say I ain't got personal goals. Ain't easy to say that I ain't got personal things I want. Why I work? I ought to be able to buy what I want to buy. Spend my money any way I want to. How would God tell me not to do in my flesh what I want to do? Well, all I can tell you is you're here because of that. The world is in their position because they cho Eve chose her flesh over the spirit world. So if you're going to come into the spirit of God, you're going to have to play by the rules of the umpire. And the umpire says that when you get to the tomb, the second phase of salvation, which is preservation, you're going to have to die to your flesh. What's going to happen? What's going to be the locator? The fruit of the Spirit is going to come out of there. If you're not able to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, then you have not died. Then you are not living in the Spirit, nor are you walking in the Spirit because you have not crucified the affections and the lusts thereof. My friends, this ain't rocket science. We read the Word of God, and the Word of God makes it very clear, makes it very uh, easy for us to follow. If we're not going to, if we're going to be in the Spirit, we're not going to be in the flesh. It's that simple. We're going to locate ourselves in such a way that says, I know I'm living outside of my flesh whenever I'm operating in the fruit of the Spirit. Now, many of us, Many of us would like to do that, but we don't know how. Well, I'm telling you how. Get in the Spirit of God. Stop struggling against your flesh. Surrender yourself to what the Holy Ghost wants to do in your life. Stop fighting God. Simple. Stop fighting God. See, we don't understand that when we look into the world today, the reason the world is in such a struggle the Middle East is in turmoil. They're fighting God. They ain't fighting Israel. They got their eye on Israel, but it's really God. They're fighting God. They're not fighting what's going on on the land or for the land. They're fighting against God. Now, that is a microcosm of what's happening in the Christian world because we have never understood that what God has done is that He has revealed to you the plan that is in His good will and His good pleasure for you to work out the plan of salvation in such a way that you could have the opportunity in Him to die to your flesh. Now, what happens? So you become, you begin to operate in the spirit of life. You begin to operate in the fruit of the spirit. And something comes along and brings distress to that. Something does something, says something, and you say, oh my God, what do you do? 
Well, you go back to the cross and you say, Lord, forgive me. And you have an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is not only your mediator, but your intercessor. And you get forgiven. And what do you do? You go right on back over here into the tomb where you are now operating in control of your flesh. You're following him to the spirit. Now, what do you do? So you understand the process. Now, what do you do? You follow him to the tomb. What do you do there? You lay the old man down. You lay the old man, you lay sin nature totally there. And you come out of there as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now what happens if you do all of that and you are exhibiting the robes of righteousness and you're living in this righteousness and you have peace in this righteousness and something comes along and an old act rears its head. Something you deposited in hell rears its head. you got two options. What do you do? You resist the devil and he flees from you and you draw nigh unto God or you allow the devil who is a roaring lion to devour you at that point. Now what do you do now? Well, you go back to where you started and you get forgiveness at the cross. You go back into the tomb, and you die to the flesh. Now see, this is so beautiful because God has made a very clear, practical plan for salvation to work for you. You know where to go. You know how to get there. You know what to do when you get there. It's not just, God, forgive me, and then live in condemnation and live in guilt over it. Isn't it beautiful? You do not have to just stay around the cross and feel shame and guilt for what you've done. It's not God did not plan for you to be there. God planned for you to know exactly what happened. You got you've got forgiven. Well, I'm free from that. Now I'm back in what peace? I'm operating in the peace of forgiveness. I'm now operating in the peace of taking control of my flesh. I see what the devil is doing. And there is nothing that is being done in me but such as it's common to man. But watch what the scripture said. But with every temptation, God will make a way of escape. What's my way. Well, it might be the cross, but it also might be the tomb. It might be me saying I need to escape from my flesh because it's my flesh that's a problem and I'm going to bring it under control. I'm going to bring it under subjection. I'm not going to fight as one that beateth the air, but I know who my enemy is and my enemy is me and I'm going to die right here and now. I'm going to leave it right here and now. And I'm going to let the spirit that is in me begin to rule me. What happens now? I move on over to where I've deposited. Here is where I last failed. I deposit that old nature. I deposit those old actions. I deposit those old words. I deposit that old thinking. I deposit that old sickness. I deposit that old disease. I deposit that old uh, part of me that has been ingrained in me that we call the sin nature. And I leave it over there. Kick it to the curb. It don't belong to me anymore. What do I do? I come out of there with robes of righteousness. I'm walking in robes of righteousness. I am now knowing what it is I'm looking for. And the, the rules have changed for me. See, now whenever I go into the tomb and come out, the rules have changed. What are they? My old nature can't crop up anymore. I can't allow it to. And the umpire is saying to me, don't do that. 
Don't go back where you used to. Don't go back to the, to the bottle. Don't go back to the drug. Don't go back to what it is you used to smoke. Don't go back to what it is you used to say. Don't go back to where it was you used to. Umpires say, no, no, those are out of bounds. They're off limits to you. Why? Because you're walking in righteousness. And righteousness is making you in right standing with God. See how clear this whole thing is if we just understand very clear. It's very clear. Why is it clear, Pastor? Because God has made a way where the Holy Ghost will rule you. Where the Holy Ghost will tell you what is to be done and what is not to be done. Now, I could go all the way through this until I came to Him as the man in the Godhead. And do you know what I'm going to come to? I'm going to come to what Jesus said in John 14. Jesus said in John 14, in John 14 now, he is beginning to teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He, 14, 15, and 16, he's teaching about the Holy Spirit. 17, he is praying for those who are going to be the ones to distribute this blessed work of the Holy Spirit. And he begins John 14, and he says, My peace, huh? My peace I give to you. My peace. Not the peace that the world would give to you, but my peace. Why is He giving you His peace? Because it is His peace that's going to bring you into this baptism of the Holy Spirit. How are you going to get His peace when Paul said, let the peace of God rule you? How are you going to get His peace when the Holy Spirit has been our umpire? Because the Holy Spirit is going to manifest at each step. The rules of the game. Now when we get to him as the man in the Godhead, the generator of the rules of the game changes. Did you hear what I said? The generator of the rules of the game changes. Who is the generator of the rules of the game? Well, it's Jesus Christ. How do we know that when we get to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the generator of the rules of the game has changed? All we got to do is read John 16. He said, the Holy Ghost, whenever He comes, when I send Him back to you, He's not going to speak of Himself. I'm going to be in charge of the rules of the game. We don't live there. So we preach about peace, but we don't know how it happens. We don't know who generates it. We don't know where it comes from. And therefore, we do not understand how to activate and operate in the plan of salvation and work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I'm not done, but I'm finished. I'm not done, but I'm finished. I pray that you'll open our eyes that we can see those in the sanctuary and those through the media to see what you have done to produce in us Jesus Christ. How it's so available and so clear and so easy. And how we can work out our own salvation simply by following in fear and trembling and allow the Holy Ghost to do for us, in us, and upon us what it is that you have planned from the foundation of the world and what it is that you have approved, according to Acts 2.22, concerning the works of Jesus Christ that came to us in signs and wonders and miracles, which we saw when He was among us. 
But now you are among us. For Paul said that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. So as you are among us today, may salvation begin to help us to walk through this process as the Holy Ghost shows us truth. As the Holy Ghost works in us to show us truth. And may we come into it so that we can be forgiven. So that we can be in Christ. So that we can follow where Jesus went. And go into Him and replicate His righteousness. God, we thank You today. Now as you pray right there, I want you to think on this. Father, where would I locate myself? Where would I locate myself today? I've heard the Word of God today saying that the umpire will locate me. He'll locate me by the rules of the game of which He is operating. Am I still in the cross? Have I moved out of my flesh? Have I deposited the old nature? Where am I, God? Where am I? And then, God, where do you want me? I see how to get there. I surrender. I change my belief system. I take the grace of each stage. And I accept it by faith. I activate it by faith. Where are you today? Now, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. There is one that does. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts. He's dividing in you asunder the bones and the marrow to find out and relate exactly where you are. So as you pray where you sit today, do you need to pray, God, forgive me? Do you need to pray, God, I surrender my flesh to you? I want you to bring out of me the spirit of the fruit of, of the spirit. Do you need to pray today, God? I need to deposit that old nature. And I need to come out today wrapped in robes of righteousness. Where are you? Where are you? You pray the prayer for yourself. I don't know where you are. That's the thing about this spiritual walk. Looking upon one, one cannot tell until one begins to identify the actions, then they can be located. So as you prayed today, now what I want you to do is just stand to your feet, raise your hands and say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. I receive what it is that I see as the location in me. I raise my hands to say, I surrender. I surrender to what it is I see in me that I know you have created, developed, and pre-approved the plan of salvation for me to live free from all of these issues and to produce in me by the Holy Ghost forgiveness, the fruit of the Spirit, or a robe of righteousness. You've made it that way, God, and I receive it today. Wherever I am, 
I lay it aside. And I follow you in the Spirit. And I'll walk with you in the Spirit. And I'll talk with you in the Spirit. Now go where the Spirit goes. Following. Following. Every action that the Spirit has been approved by God to minister to me in the plan of salvation. Say, I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Now, those of you that are listening by media, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you begin at the cross. But then this trip of salvation is the journey with Jesus in the Spirit must continue. And you must do it in your inner man and in your soul to such an extent that you become in Christ by the Spirit. Following Him on each step of His journey. What do you find? Freedom. You find the acceptable year of the Lord. You find the ability to take your poverty, brokenness, bruising, blindness, and bondage and lay it off to the side and not have to pick it up anymore. Total freedom. That's what you find. Ask Jesus into your heart today. Begin with forgiveness. And then begin to forgive and begin to love. Then lay out, lay off your flesh. Let it die. Come into the fruit of the Spirit and be absolutely free. Then take your sin nature, leave it in hell. Walk away from it with a spirit of life. That belongs to you because of what Jesus has done. Simply say, Lord, I've heard truth. Forgive me of my sin. I accept you. And I will begin this walk of salvation. And I will pursue it. Because I have found a truth. A truth for the path of freedom. From this world. I receive you, Jesus. Amen. Now follow us by Facebook, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston Podcast, uh, FFC Podcast. Get yourself into a house of worship and begin to pursue this wonderful plan that God has made called salvation. When you do, you will step on the house of the wicked from the foundation and squeeze the very life out of the devil. By putting your foot on his neck. What a glorious thing. <laughs> May God richly bless you is my prayer. We'll see you tonight at 6. We'll see you Wednesday night if you can make it. May God richly bless you and keep you. In Jesus name. Amen.